What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Tuesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. That's where we post all of our new podcasts, articles, news and notes. Everything we got going on the baseball side does get shared out over at EthosFantasyBB. We had 1,000 followers yesterday. Been pushing for that for a while, so I really appreciate all you guys who have gone and followed. You guys are following along with our work. Really does mean a lot. If you're not on Twitter, you can get all that same content at sportsethos.com. You're missing out on the tweets throughout the day, but you're still getting generally the same content that you would be uh, if you're following on Twitter. You're, you're missing out on those daily updates, those quick hits that we do put out, uh, but you are still getting most of it there. You're still getting the articles, and you're still getting the podcast links over at sportsethos.com. We are going to talk about some of my news and notes from yesterday's games, and then we are also going to look at some streamers for tomorrow. So let's start off with MJ Melendez. He's been turning things around quite a bit. Uh, over this last week, he's gone 9 for 28 with a pair of home runs. We know the power upside is there. We know he's a 20-plus home run capable capable bat. Middle of the order, you know, he's somebody who is playing, catching sometimes, but generally he's playing every single day because of the fact that he also gets outfield reps. So I, I think that he's still somebody that has a lot of fantasy value. He's down to 67% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. I still think he should be on a roster in, in every format. Even if you're talking like an eight-team league, I think MJ Melendez is still going to cut it. Middle of the order, power bat. He's not going to steal many bases for you, but considering you get to plug him in at your catcher spot every single day, pretty much every single day, uh, that's a huge, huge benefit there to have. And you know he's still available in, in a third of leagues at this point. Somebody who was drafted everywhere to begin the season. A lot of people got fed up, uh, but he started to turn things around. Overall, I still think he'll be a 20 home run guy this season with probably decent counting stats in the middle of that order. And I think they will generally turn it around as a whole Kansas City, they might not end up as a great team. They probably, they're probably not, not going to be a playoff team. Uh, but I think their offense will turn it around, and I think that uh, MJ Melendez will be a big part of that. So go and take a look at him if he is on your waiver wire. Joey Weimer, Weimer or Weimer, I'm honestly, I hear it pronounced both ways. Uh, he is the outfielder in Milwaukee, if you guys are unfamiliar. He started to heat things up a little bit here recently, or things have started to heat up for him a little bit recently, I should say. Uh, over the last week, he's still, or over the last two weeks, I should really look at. He's nine for his last 36, which is just a 250 batting average, but two home runs and two steals. He has, to date, on the season, three home runs and five steals in 34 games. And we know from his minor league profile, he is capable of being like a 2020 guy, best case scenario, or maybe even a little bit better than that as he progresses. He's playing every single day. I don't think that he is like a 10-team, 12-team, shallow league kind of guy. Uh, but Joey Weimer is somebody that I would be looking at more so in your 15-team leagues and also stashing uh, on, not even stashing, excuse me, watch listing uh, in those shallower leagues just because there could be a point where he does reach 12-team viability. He is playing, like I said, every day, a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. He, he could become 12-team viable, but right now I think that he is somebody that should be watch listed in those shallower formats. Riley Green. Riley Green was pretty bad last season. Uh, I don't think anybody is really going to deny that. He was a big flop for fantasy purposes, and, and in general, he just had a bad rookie year. He started off pretty damn well so far this season. He's 36 for his first 134, which is a 269 batting average. He's got 18 runs, three homers, driven in 14, and he's also stolen four bases. Now, he doesn't get a ton of at-bats versus left-handed pitching. He's mostly playing versus righties, but he is still playing enough. We're talking... Or no, more than four. We're talking about five times a week he's playing, batting either second or third in that lineup, usually second. 
he should be rostered in every single format. And right now he's only rostered in 52% of Yahoo League. So I would definitely go and take a look at Riley Green if he is still available and you need a little bit of outfield help. He is somebody, like, I'd be more interested in him than Weimer at this point. I think the production will be higher across the board. I think the batting average will certainly be higher. And he definitely interests me in all formats. So make sure that Riley Green is not just sitting out on your waiver wires. Gabby Moreno, Gabriel Moreno, he is doing pretty much exactly what we thought he would do coming into the season. He's batting 315. He's got six runs, only one homer, which we kind of knew coming in. Power is not really Moreno's strong suit. He's got 16 RBIs, and he's also stolen a base. Now, he's currently sitting at 24% rostered in Yahoo leagues, and I think that he is actually probably worthy of 12-team, one-catcher consideration because he's been a two-catcher guy. Anybody with a sign of life, really, is a two-catcher viable player. Even in one-catcher leagues, though, where, you know, 10, 12 catchers will need to be rostered, I think Moreno still does cut it as a top-12 catcher. One of the few guys who will be able to bat over 300 or around 300 from behind the plate. He'll chip in some steals. Not not crazy power, but I think that what he does is viable in all formats. I don't think that Gabriel Moreno is necessarily like a must roster because there are some of you who will have your real Budos or your Varshows or whoever, and you don't really need to worry about that, especially in a one-catcher league. He's not somebody I'd be putting in the utility slot. But if you've been streaming catchers, if you're generally unhappy with who you drafted and you've been kind of rotating that spot in and out, I, I think that Moreno is somebody who could actually stick as like a rest-of-season play that has a lot, a lot of fantasy viability, and a lot of it will come from that batting average. I think, you know, him, Alejandro Kirk, we're talking really a, a small number of people behind the plate who could actually hit 300 over the course of the season. So big value there just in and of that. He's also got some speed, and I think the power, while it won't be crazy, can he still drive out maybe eight home runs this season for you? Probably somewhere in that neighborhood to go along with maybe he gets the 10 steals somewhere in that ballpark. It might be eight and eight, which, you know, doesn't look the sexiest, but when you're factoring in the counting stats and the batting average, I think Moreno is somebody who could have 12-team viability. I think he does already at this point have 12-team, one-catcher viability. Let's talk Josh Lowe. He went down in his roster percentage on Yahoo, went from 77 down to 75, which is absurd. He's not playing every single day, but he's playing roughly five days a week. And his stat line to this point, he's batting 312, seven homers, five steals. He's also got 39 runs plus RBIs. He's a stud in the making. If he was dropped in your league, I would definitely be taking a look at Josh Lowe. There's no reason why he should be sitting on waiver wires at this point. I I don't think it's going to be that many waiver wires. Maybe it's more shallow leagues. But any Yahoo league, any league at all, he should be rostered, especially daily changes. Like if it's a weekly league, I guess it could be kind of annoying to put him into your lineup. You don't know for sure if it's going to be three games or if it's going to be five games or if it's going to be seven games or what it's going to be. In a daily change league like most Yahoo leagues are, there's no reason for him to be on one quarter of waiver wire still. Considering what he's doing, there is plenty of replacement level value and players you can have on your bench that you can slot in there when Josh Lowe does have a day off. I would not worry. I really would not worry about adding him in and worrying about playing time and he's not going to play. He's not, no, he's, he's going to play. He's going to keep playing more because the way he's been producing. He should not be available in any league. It's kind of absurd that he's even below 90% rostered at this point. But that is because of the you know lack of certainty regarding his playing time, which I kind of get. But at the same time, go and get him. He, he should not be available really anywhere. Eric Haas. I've been a big fan of Eric Haas for a couple of years now. He's quietly having a really good season. He's 27 for his first 91, which is a 297 batting average, 10 runs, two homers, two steals. He's another catcher-eligible player who is going to get regular reps in the outfield, and that's going to keep him in the Tigers lineup pretty much every day. And to this point, it has kept him in the lineup 
most of the time. He does sit the odd day, and as I you know look at the lineup today, he is not playing today. But his first off day going back to April 30th. He is playing the vast majority of the time with catcher eligibility, giving you, you know, not really a lot of speed, but he'll chip in maybe a steal or two. We know he's got 20-plus home run upside. If you have been streaming catchers, again, similar situation to Moreno, and you're not really happy with who you've got, I think that he could be a rest-of-season play in that Tigers lineup. It's not a great lineup by any means, but generally he's getting reps in the middle. He does bounce around. You know, he goes from fourth sometimes. He's even batted ninth yesterday. Went three for four. He will bounce around a little bit, but I think generally he will be probably stable enough to have rest of season value. I don't know if I'd want to say like 12-team value, but I think anything beyond a 12-team league, Eric Haas is a worthy pickup as a catcher, even if it's, you know, 14-team, one-catcher league, 15-team one catcher, anything with two catchers, of course. I do think that he will have more viability than the 10% roster ship on Yahoo would suggest. Somebody that, I don't know, any catcher, like Varsho and, you know, Haas, those guys that, Melendez, the guys that play different positions, but you can put them behind the plate. You don't have to worry about taking zeros half the time because catchers, maybe not half the time, but, you know, 110, 120 games is about as much as you're going to, absolute best case scenario a lot of the time. You don't have to really worry about that so much with these guys. So Haas, I, I prefer Melendez, obviously, but those kind of guys you can stick behind the plate and not have to worry so much about are they starting today really can make a huge difference for your lineup setting day in and day out. Those are my notes from yesterday. In terms of like news that we've got going on around the game today, nothing that earth-shattering other than Max Fried going on the IL, which we kind of knew that that was going to happen it's a little bit concerning because of the forearm. That's like whenever you hear a forearm, it is concerning. But according to Justin Toscano, he's one of the beat writers for Atlanta, off uh, the Atlanta Journal Constitution. They do not believe he will need Tommy John surgery, despite the fact that that's typically the scare when you have uh, some kind of forearm concern. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know really how bad this is going to end up being with Max Fried, but at this point, there is no move that you can make other than just hold on. He's been very, very good this season. We just kind of have to hope that there's nothing more serious here than maybe just a minimum IL stint. Yankees have brought back Aaron Judge. He's off of the IL, and they have put uh, Oswaldo Peraza on, or excuse me, Oswald Peraza on the injured list. Judge obviously gets back in your lineups. It was a kind of a decision, I guess, yesterday if you wanted to put him in your weekly lineups. I think most people would have. I guess there's some kind of uncertainty there still uh, when you're setting that first part of the week lineup I could have maybe understood it if you didn't want to start him look I literally sat Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in one of my leagues it's a weekly line it's a bi-weekly lineup so you set from Monday to Thursday and then Friday uh, through the weekend you set the lineup separately and I put Vladimir Guerrero on the bench because the Blue Jays were only playing two out of those four games he's questionable I think he probably will be back tonight but you sometimes have to make those tough decisions Judge was likely in your lineup before but if it's any kind of question now if it's a daily change league or whatever you're still gonna set that part of your lineup for the week judge needs to be obviously reinstated back in the lineup I'm assuming you guys have heard this already but just a heads up in case you hadn't uh that judge is back now we talked a lot yesterday about the Cardinals and about what a nonsense situation this team has has put themselves into in terms of roster construction well Wilson Contreras uh you know because we were talking about him being a DH maybe going to the outfield not going to be catching all of this nonsense he said, "This was it this morning or last, I think it was last night, he said, this is the team I chose and I chose this team for a reason. I know I can catch. You get frustrated about it or you can work. If you watch from a different perspective, it's going to take a little bit of time, 
but I'm the catcher of this organization. Very strong words from Wilson Contreras, and I guess, you know, understandably so. They signed him to a five-year deal closing in on $90 million to be their catcher. He's their catcher. You know, even if they're a little bit concerned about his framing or pitch calling or whatever, I never really understood that. You know, you don't like the way he calls the game? Call the game from the dugout. You know, I, I saw a couple of pitchers that were, like, kind of veiled, veiledly criticizing him, uh, veiledly. Not a real word, Joseph, but they were kind of throwing veiled shots at him in his game-calling abilities. If you don't like what he's calling, throw down, you know, shake him off, call another pitch. I was a pitcher. If you got a sign that you didn't like from the catcher, shake him. If the catcher's really doing that shit of a job, get signs coming in from the dugout. It's not that complicated. They have vastly overcomplicated the situation, and it looks like they're not alienating him just yet, but Jesus, it's really not been a good start to his Cardinals tenure. His performance, you know, offensively has been fine. He hasn't been, you know, anything crazy good or crazy bad. He's batting 273, which for him is actually pretty good. Two homers, two steals. He's been fine. I think that they have really, really messed up in the way that they've handled this entire situation. But I guess we just kind of have to wait and see how it unfolds. There are Still a good organization, I think. They've just taken some missteps here, and we'll have to see if they can get that back on track. Only time will tell at this point, but Wilson Contreras should absolutely be the catcher. They should not be dicking him around more than they already have. They didn't like his catching. They shouldn't have signed him. But let's talk now about some streamers for tomorrow. There's three potential streamers that I have highlighted, and I'll talk about them in the order that I would be ranking them for tomorrow. So Edward Cabrera is at the top of the list. 52% rostered in Yahoo leagues coming off of not the greatest start against the Cubs where he allowed, it was three runs over five innings, not terrible, but the strikeouts have been really good for Edward Cabrera. He's up to 44 of them in 32 innings. A 478 ERA does not look that great, but he has made improvements this season. I've really liked what I've seen. Now he goes up against Arizona, fairly tough offense, but from what we have seen from Cabrera, I do trust him out there against the Diamondbacks. Good strikeout numbers should be on the docket regardless. The last four games are looking at 8, 6, 12, and 8. It's all about the control, and if he's able to get those walks under control, because you know the whip at this point, 166, is because of the awful walk rate he's got. But definitely look for him to put it together against Arizona tomorrow. Tricky matchup, but at the very least, you should be assured strikeouts. If you're a little bit behind your strikeouts, he's the guy that I would definitely be looking at. Josiah Gray is the second guy that I would prefer tomorrow if you can't go for Edward Cabrera. He'd be the guy that i take a look at. Another dude who has really raised his strikeouts over these last few starts. 6-6-9 six, six, and nine over his last three outings. Looked really good in the process. He's got a 3.03 ERA, a 134 whip. He's done really well so far this season. He surprised a lot of people, myself included, even though I've been a fan of Josiah Gray for quite some time. He is still somebody... Uh, that is available in quite a lot of leagues at 41%. I would be taking a look and adding him up if he is still available for that start against San Francisco. Not the hardest of opponents there. Uh, you know, they're they're fine, I guess. There's nothing really that scares me about San Francisco at this point. They're 15 and 19 offensively. They're very middle of the pack. I think Josiah Gray should be able to get it done versus them tomorrow. The last streamer that I'd look at, and this is strictly for deeper leagues, and it's it's a borderline one in deeper leagues, but it's Rich Hill is the guy we're taking a look at here. He hasn't been so bad this season, actually. You know, he's got a 4-5-4 ERA. He's got three victories. He's striking out close to a batter per inning, 32 of them in 37 and two-thirds innings so far this season. I like what I've seen from him. I, I really do. I think that Rich Hill has been a pretty solid streamer, and he did well against Colorado already in their park. He also had good starts against Cincinnati, against Washington, against Houston. 
he's mixed in a couple of bad ones as well, specifically against the White Sox in his second outing of the season. But so overall, I'm I'm fairly confident streaming Rich Hill tomorrow. It's a pretty good matchup against a fairly piss-poor Rockies offense, and I think that he should be able to get the job done. I wouldn't want to be doing this outside of your deeper leagues. There's no need to do this in a 10- or a 12-team league. But I think that he has viability even – well, maybe you could argue in a 12-team league. But I think the sweet spot here is for you guys in deeper leagues, in your 15-team leagues, where he's still probably widely available, only 11% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Go take a look and see if Rich Hill is there, assuming the other guys have been taken. And again, this isn't for 10-team leagues. This is more for your deeper leagues. Uh, but he is somebody that I think could have decent viability for tomorrow. Guys, that's going to wrap it up for us today. We'll do a quick show just to get you the quick hits out there. Uh, we'll come back with a longer one tomorrow. Just a lot going on for me today, so I appreciate you guys bearing with me. I apologize for the delay in the posting yesterday. I tried to post the show mid-late afternoon, and it didn't actually get posted to the different podcasting sites until close to 9 p.m., so apologies there. There was something wrong with the service we used to shoot out the different podcasts. So if you guys if you guys missed that show yesterday, you can go, check, uh, go take a look at that one. We went through two start pitchers. We went through all the news of the day. We talked about the Cardinals in depth. So if you did miss that one, go check it out and go and make sure you guys are subscribing to the podcast as well because that really does mean a lot when you guys do hit the plus button. You get those downloaded into your feed every single day, and then it's a lot easier than having to find specific links on different websites or Twitter or wherever it is. So subscribe. Let us know what you think. If you are listening somewhere that allows ratings and reviews, hit us with a five-star review. That would really go a long way into helping us and to help me grow uh, farther along here in our second season under the helm of this podcast. But guys, that's enough rambling out of me. Hit me up over on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and at EthosFantasyBB if you got any questions. But until tomorrow, guys, have a great night. Take care and cheers. <laughs>